And we're back to the shit show of French politics. Today we're counting down my five picks for best of the worst and most significant um, political, financial, corruption scandal in the past 10 to 15 years. And for my number two, it is... In, my, in the previous episode, we went through... The scandal of the budget uh, of the, the budget, budget minister. minister that was uh, uh, funneling money to to his Swiss accounts and and swearing that he didn't have any Swiss accounts and so on and that gave us the the birth of an oversight uh, an oversight body that it's uh, following the the economic. Uh, the economic activities of public uh, public employees or or, or uh, representatives. Then number four, we had uh, the lobster, the ecological minister Macron's ecological minister's uh, lobster case, and number three, the McKinseygate uh, Macron's McKinseygate with this uh, 1 billion uh, euros of uh, expenses on consulting expenses and a very glaring one on the educational part that it was one of his promises to fix and address and, and heal the educational system when he, he got in the first uh, he got elected for the first uh, for the first time he was was one of the of the hopes he was uh, riling on, but unfortunately he didn't deliver. Yeah, that's a very good summary. Now for the next two, we're really getting into the big names. <clears throat> and for the first one, it is the one I will go most back in time for, but I feel like it really needs to be mentioned. This is time to talk about President Sarkozy. Um, the, the husband of Carla Bruni. Yeah. Is that all you know about President Sarkozy? <laughs> I know he was a conservative. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know some songs of Carla Bruni and I can <laughs> sing some. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, all right. So, uh, so Nicolas Sarkozy was president for just one mandate between uh, between two thousand seven and um, and twenty twelve. Uh, was uh, was not re-elected, uh, less because the socialists were like, but more because he got really, really hated by part of the by part of the population. Uh, he tried to run again uh, to to run to the conservative primary for the 2017 election, the one that got us Macron. Uh, was defeated there. I'll say more about uh, about this run. And then was very quickly caught into a number of political judicial cases. There are four, five, four or five of them counting. So I'm I'm cheating a bit here because I'm I'm putting them all in in a way. But the Sarkozy cases are really are really bad. I, I don't even know how to make fun of those. Um, so I'm not going to cover all of them because that would be a, a whole. Um, <laughs> almost a whole episode in itself but um but what's very relevant for the for the Sarkozy cases is that at least the two biggest of them are connected to uh to getting illegal fund uh to fund his uh 2007 campaign when Sarkozy entered the presidential race in 2007 he did things 
like they were not really made in French politics before he wanted, and, and that's that's something that was explicit in his interview, to do it American style shows like giant uh, tens of thousands of people in a, in a sound and light show and pre- show and presentation during a lot of tours during a lot of of big appearances and um, and uh, spending during electoral campaigns in France is controlled and curtailed you cannot just uh, get any money for from anyone so not getting into the detail of the law but basically private persons can only can on, can only give to political party up to uh, seven seven uh, seven thousand five hundred euros uh, and then um, and then fundraising and spending is controlled by is controlled by uh, parliamentary entities because part of the part of the campaigning spending can be refunded if you if you get more than five percent of uh, than five percent of um, of expressed votes and uh, and in both of those cases, it was revealed that uh, that President Sarkozy got directly illegal funds. So some of uh, some of which uh, Sarkozy and his entourage, especially Eric Wirt, which was the treasury of uh, the treasury secretary of the UMP, the Conservative Party, and who became uh, and who became also um, uh, Minister of Finance under Sarkozy. Yes, that there's a pattern here. Uh, and they were getting a lot of money from uh, Liliane Betancourt, the heiress to the L'Oréal Group and, and richest uh, woman in France. And it was revealed by people of uh, Liliane Betancourt's entourage that uh, that the UMP was actually getting like envelopes full of cash in a very uh, in a very cliche mobster <laughs> mobster bribe uh, mobster bribe style, and that uh, and that uh, Liliane Betancourt's butler <laughs> was in charge of. Distributing. How old? How old is uh, Lilian Betancourt? Oh, she's uh, eighty-five, going on ninety. It's a bit like going to your to your grandma <laughs> and getting some <laughs> some money for the taxi. That's uh, like uh, you don't need to spend it. Just take it. Just take it, Sarko. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. But then when you know that Lilian Betancourt does pay taxes in France, but it was revealed that she was not paying that many taxes for uh, for her financial weight. So the fact that she's making sure that she's in very good term with the political class by uh, by handing out uh, weights of cash is a bit suspicious, to say the least. But more seriously, it was also revealed that Sarkozy got a lot of illegal uh, Libyan illegal financing, so coming directly from uh, Libyan dictator Muammar uh, Gaddafi, which which, uh, was considered also as a terrorist by many many territories. And and this uh, unofficial Libyan support uh, uh, was... uh, was so strong that uh, Gaddafi got uh, the first year of Sarkozy election the honors of a state visit and was invited to stay and, and camp in the in the Elysee Palace and it was a bit of a scandal because uh, because again even if you have to discuss with head of states you may not want to to give uh, state honors to uh, to a former uh, former terrorist turned uh, turned dictator so the Gaddafi's state visit was a really big scandal, and then when it when it was revealed that there was illegal financing from Libya to uh, 
tout Sarkozy. Okay, his falling of grace with the West was was uh, later, no? It was uh, he was disgraced uh, uh, right during the the. But I don't say that his crimes are less. No, no, it's it's, it was it's with a the, bit, with a, the Arab Spring. No, no, it's a bit more complicated in that he definitely had uh, had a terrorist uh, terrorist backing. Then when he became uh, the head of state of Libya, there was a sort of period of pacification and normalization, and the and the state visit in France definitely was part of it. And then in 2011, when the when the Arab Spring and and uprising started. Uh, And, and he started doing hard repression towards the toward the population. That's when the second war in in Libya started. So that's uh, to 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 give a to give a very rough estimate. And yes, definitely when he did his state visit, it was some people. It made some people grind their teeth because it's like, do we have to give that much state honor to to Muammar Gaddafi? But it was not. But it was not the absolute scandal. It's like yeah, it's a. Uh, It's a bit in poor taste, but politic is politic, and there's probably some real politic. Uh, um, of course, no, probably the, the interests are are. Uh, yeah, exactly for 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 gas and oil and and influence in the in the Middle East, but there was actually some very basic uh, very basic corruption going on. Uh, another case regarding Sarkozy is actually a corruption pa pact between. Sarkozy, his lawyer, and, uh, and a magistrate by which the magistrate was giving uh, Sarkozy and his lawyer privileged information about uh, about lawsuits against them, uh, in exchange for uh, for getting support towards getting a very uh, priced uh, priced position in uh, in Monaco. So yeah, so the whole um, the whole Sarkozy thing is. Uh, But Monaco is not under the French. Uh... Yeah, but there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of influence uh, of influence going mm -hmm. on. So you can uh, you can still uh, um, um, there's still political or was it something else? But yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, so those cases with Sarkozy have been going on for an extremely long time. Uh, so much that at times. Um, It's mostly forgotten in the public media because, like I said, after he he failed uh, winning the winning the the conservative primary, sort of faded out from the from the public life. He's still trying to have some influence on the on the conservative party behind the scene, but uh, what but is the verb of doing corrupt things in French? Uh, well, uh, I don't think there's a specific uh, a specific no. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, I'll try to think about it, but nothing nothing comes to mind. So he has been condemned twice uh, for one of the five cases he's been fined, I guess. No. Uh, mostly fined, but also prison. But he's been appealing them, so he's been using all the appeals and the, and and recourses possible, which again is his right and and presumption of innocence and and whatnot. Uh, these are personal opinion, <laughs> but. Um, So yeah, so so far it's not uh, it's not getting much everywhere. But I I feel like there was um, talking about Sarkozy in, in this context is important because it was definitely a shift. I mean, there was a lot of corruption before, make no mistake. But I feel like with Sarkozy we get into a new era in terms of scale, in terms of uh, in terms of impact, in terms of. Uh, 
of trivializing a bit also of, of these cases. Um, it's hard to exactly pinpoint, but that was, uh, um, yeah, and, and also because, uh, like I said, the, the, the spending for campaign became so much bigger and uh, uh, quite, a, quite a, almost all of the political parties across the board have been investigated or indicting for, uh, for uh illicit uh, campaign spending or campaign uh, or campaign fundraising so the issues with the with the, um, with the campaign campaign financing and campaign money uh, has been yeah all over the place uh, maybe too too naive again and, and, and wishful thinker but uh, in Spain the, there's no financing financing scandals that I'm aware of there are no not no, I'm not aware of any, but there's there's been a lot of corruption scandals over the past uh, uh, fifteen plus years, no, and or or even thirty years since the since the Felipe Gonzalez uh, la, last um, last legislature in the nineties and so on. Nevertheless, I think um, I I read I really does public acceptance of corruption being both public and media um, and media uh, tend to have less of a, of an attitude of okay this is pain everyone will do the same da, 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 da. that discourse is still is still present and that's still in the minds of some people when I was talking about uh, Voting Vox in these last elections, no, and they were like, "That's a matter. They're going, all going to do the same. They're all going to steal." Mm. So that's still that 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 very in that very pervasive idea. It's it's still present, but I have the the opinion that the perception of the normalization of corruption is less nowadays than it was. Uh, 30 years ago and I would say even 10 years ago there's been big scandals in the in the Partido Popular for example and campaign financing as well or at least party financing but um, but nevertheless it's been a big deal and it's been very present in the media and uh, so so I, I take a little bit of solace in the sense that uh, we're moving to to a more to a, a less normalizing uh, media environment and and uh, uh, generalized uh, conception. Yeah, I definitely would like to have this hope as well. And there's definitely more conversation around corruption that even when I was when I was younger in my in my lifetime. But at the same time, at least different that this very pervasive discourse in that the elite, whether political or financial. They are not servants of the state that should be accountable for what they do and for how they spend public money, but they, they are the, the bosses. Uh, and, and because they are the elite and because we need them to create job or conduct the country or whatnot, then it's normal that sometimes they, they cheat a bit with the rules because then otherwise they could not be doing, be doing anything. And, and this whole thing of, yeah, it's, it's not that bad, and and if you didn't uh, bypass the rule, if you didn't get an, a regime of exception, then you wouldn't be able to do anything. And then, then yeah. my gut, my gut response is 
then uh, then change job or <laughs> or if you if you cannot uh, if you cannot uh, feel like you can be into politics or anything without uh, without committing fraud then then maybe you should consider a change of career but it's more about the the the, tri the trivialization of investment investment banking for you yeah exactly um i know but everyone is is doing that um but yeah but i, I would say Something are less trivialized, especially what uh, what will be my number one number for today. One. So number one, oh, I was sure that I would be. <laughs> I was sure that I would start with Jérôme Cahuzac, and I knew I would finish with this one. I'm talking about the Fillon, the François Fillon case. So, That's the minister for or the secretary for pensions, no? No, 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 no. You no, left they, that no, one out. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's. Uh, uh, He hasn't been really indicted. Oh. The, the, the minister for pension who had like 13 board seats in various administrations. It's the, the, this one. Yeah, let's give him an, an honorable mention because he's a bit of a symbol of the collusion between public service and private interest and that you can, you can work for high administration, pass laws that are going to benefit some companies and then work for these companies. And so it has this sort of revolving door between public office and, and private and private sector that makes conflict of interest uh, quasi a requisite before you, you get into into any position. And yeah, it's problematic. But no, the, the, the François Fillon case is probably one of the most important political events in the last decade, because basically it's what gave us Macron and a lot of what we have today. So I think I mentioned it during the during the Macron episode, but uh, getting more quickly, uh, more deeply into what happened. So in 2017, uh, the socialist government of François Hollande... And the name of the vampire prince of uh, Paris. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the government of François Hollande uh, that had, had a five-year tenure was really hated. And it was quasi a given that the socialists would lose the election. And France usually had this alternance between socialist conservative, socialist con conservative. Um, so whoever got the primary for the right had very good chances to be elected. Uh, and there were three candidates, uh, Sarkozy, which I just mentioned, uh, um, which was the liberal economic um, right, François Fillon, who was the more uh, traditional conservative Catholic right, and the third candidate, Alain Juppé, which was more the, the centrist, uh, centrist social right. Uh, in the primaries, Fillon came out first, uh, Alain Juppé second, and Sarkozy only got third. That's a that's a yes. that's a bit of a blow, and it and with its advance, it was uh, it was quite clear that uh, that François Fillon would win the primary, which he did, uh, including also two million in donation for uh, for primary two million euros of donation in primary participation. And um, and when he became the candidate for the right, uh, some journalists had the good idea of going to the to the authority for transparency that was uh, that was existing uh, for a couple of years and look into the patrimony of François Fillon, who was projecting the image of a austere dower patrician who still had a 15-room uh, castle uh, in his original re region of Sard, but he, w he was trying to be the anti-Sarkozy, so anti-bling uh, anti money, anti-excess, uh, anti being the yeah, traditionalist Catholic... Well, we uh, have a five-room five palace. palace. So. <laughs> yeah. um, and... Uh, and 
Cutting a long story short, the journalist investigation showed that uh, ever since he was elected uh, parliament member in the 80s, uh, he had gotten some um, fake employment contracts for his wife. So first uh, through a millionaire friend of his uh, working in his, uh, in his literary journal uh, for basically um, uh, 50,000 uh, 50, euros for... Um, 50 or 500,000, ah, don't remember exactly, but considerable sums. But then most importantly, has his uh, parliamentary assistant. Uh, and, then, and then when François Fillon had become prime minister, which was uh, for five years under Sarkozy, uh, his, um, his replacement in parliament uh, was, if not forced, uh, encouraged to hire uh, Madame Fillon as a parliamentary assistant. And also as a parliamentary assistant, she always got the, the highest possible uh, salary, salary, bracket, uh, salary bracket possible. Um, and uh, so, of course, what, uh, what François Fillon argued when the, when the scandal came out uh, between autumn of 2016 and, and spring of 2017 was that, well, his wife was... Um, was his collaborator and uh, and did a lot of work, except that they could not really prove it. Show like well, uh, well, uh, we are yeah. feminists. It's the the invisible labor. It's <laughs> it, it was being well, compensated for for all those chores. That <laughs> well, actually, when they were eventually tried in 2020 and then 2022, they were trying to they were trying to argue this but basically everything that they produced in terms of what work she was doing was basically being her husband's wife and uh, and, and being around and uh, and and getting the and getting the mail um and François Fillon all got a, a very dismissive attitude in that well it was his wife, so if he wanted to pay her just to just to to, to put uh, to put some stamps on on envelope and and and, and do some crayon, uh, that was that was his right, which is probably why he, the, the, his condemnation was a bit heavy. And I'll get back to it later. Uh, but more importantly, the again the right had basically a boulevard in the twenty seventeen mm. election, and this scandal just weakened him. In huge proportion, he still he still made twenty percent uh, in twenty percent of votes in the first round Which of the election. Like Marine, uh, no, Marine, Marine usually ranks at uh, at seventeen percent, mm. sixteen, sixteen, seventeen percent. Um, so, which is still a lot, but again, it was really supposed to be a slam dunk with the with the socialist collapsing, but this also opened the gate to a certain Emmanuel Macron, which uh, which push forward his candidacy on uh, on promises of renewing political life of moralizing uh, of moralizing political institution of uh, of fighting against corruption and of being a centrist uh, both right and left uh, best of both worlds uh, um, discussion and uh, and in the end 2017 the first round had um, had Macron against Le Pen and uh, and uh, and uh, François Fillon was third, so he was eliminated in the first round. And and honestly, the conserv the Conservative Party never got up. Hasn't recovered. Yeah, he he hasn't recovered because basically Macron and the Macronists have been siphoning. Uh, mm. 
which which were which were the new renaissance of the right. Yeah, what you were talking about uh, about the Partido Popularis, I think, trying to do the spread goal between the centrists and the and the extremists. Well, the the, conser- the French Conservative Party has definitely tried to do the same, except that they failed in that because the centrists went to Macron because uh, because that's where the power was and Macron was very much set for for re-election. So. If you're a conservative politic, rather in the center and not liking much that the that the conservative party is getting more and more extremist, you're not going to wait 10 years to have career opportunities. So you just go to Macron, and then the and then the, the a lot of the most hardcore have started allied with the Front National, and then they went to fascist candidate Eric Zemmour. So they have also started losing the the more extremist element. Um, so as I was mentioning, uh, François Fillon, his wife, uh, his uh, his um, uh, replacement, his better half, his be- <laughs> his replacement in Parliament member, and his uh, um, billionaire friend uh, were all tried. Uh, the billionaire friend was condemned. Was condemned. Didn't appeal. Uh, his replacement was condemned. Didn't appeal. Uh, François Fillon and his wife were condemned to several years in prison and repaying uh, one million for Fillon. Uh, Seven, uh, seven, uh, thousand, uh, 700,000 euros uh, for the wife. They appealed in 2022. Uh, condemnation was com- was confirmed in appeal. Uh, they are going through the through the final court of appeal, so they are still fighting this um, this judicial battle. Uh, but yeah, this case because it was during a presidential election because it opened the door to Macron, so it it really completely changed the political landscape. This one, to me, remains one of the biggest uh, corruption scandals in recent history. And it's also a tribute to the journalist work, because what they did was go to this authority, look into the into the Fillon declaration, and then just do, do some dig up work. So they didn't get some insider information, which they could have, which sometimes happened. But here it was just like, Groundwork of doing research and by digging and digging and digging, uh, they 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 we take uh, our they hats off to you, investigative journalists, that still in this uh, terrible uh, labor labor uh, climate that, uh, that that suffer with such a such a diminished profession or such a a, a Pauperized, no, an impoverished uh, profession, and so on. Keep on, keep on doing the the fundamental work of uh, the of democratic uh, health of uh, journalistic research. Absolutely, and to finish on the trivia of French political jargon, um, uh, the Fillon case also also started a hashtag that you will see a lot in in French politics, which is rend l'argent, which means uh, give back the money. Because uh, because during his campaign, François Fillon said, "Oh, but if I'm indicted, I will step back from the political uh, from the political race," which he did not. Even when he was indicted, he said that it was a conspiracy against him and that he would not uh, give up the political race. He did not return the two million euros as he got through the primary campaign. But no, the rend l'argent. It it pops up in any corruption case. Like every time there's a new financial scandal and they come uh, very regularly, you will have people saying, okay, rend l'argent, rend l'argent. Uh, which, means? which means uh, give back the money. Mm-hmm. So it, it's become also a bit of a symbol of you're just embezzling public funds to yourself. No, just 
enough is enough, give back the money. And it's really been a bit of an, of an odd cry that maybe shows uh, changing, uh, changing mentalities. Rend l'argent, give back the money. Good. So, so that, that was uh, our top five uh, political scandals. Yeah. And, and some bonuses that came in. With some, bo with some bonuses. And I will probably revisit uh, this listing <laughs> over, over the years. But, uh, but again, and I feel like there are also those you, you need to know if you want to understand why uh, corruption is a problem in France and what impact the, the most prominent of these cases have had on the French political discourse nowadays. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.